The Chris and Joe Show. Brought to you by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Hey, don't forget to grab our... Chris and Joe. Afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. Now? Don't cut her off, man. Now? Now. Where was I? You can grab... Our podcast at KTAR.com right after the program. Grab our podcast, KTAR.com. Would encourage you to do that. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, one guy, by the way, one guy uh, this weekend may end the Super Bowl with two fresh rings. We'll discuss that on on the program tomorrow. Uh, Joe, we dove a little bit into yesterday in the podcast again at KTIR.com. We dove into the mother in Michigan that was found guilty of manslaughter. It was her son that went on the shooting spree at Oxford High School, killed uh, classmates, and then the parents went into hiding. We dissected that story a bit. But one of the things that we hinted at is that we wondered if this would relate in some way, shape, or form to what we're witnessing as far as teen violence goes in the Valley, specifically the East Valley. And I I don't know if we came to a resolution on that, but I do think it's one that's worth kicking around a little bit. And there's been an update to that story, including even more arrests that have now been made. So we had uh, Gilbert police yesterday arrest two suspects, and they're looking to extradite another for yet another 2022 incident. Um, And this one was at a a residence out near Higley and Elliott Roads. One of the gentlemen who we've heard of from some previous Gilbert Goons linked activities and then uh, two two new uh, guys, suspects linked to it. And in total now, uh, Rachel Mitchell gave a press conference yesterday. She said that her office has now gotten 29 submittals from Mesa and Gilbert for crimes involving teen violence. And the submitted cases involve 13 adults. Six juvenile suspects. That's what we're up to right now. I'm wondering, does if they get a submittal? That means it's a is that a recommendation from the police? That, is that what a submittal is? That's that's how I took it to mean. I feel like we should have an expert on to ask questions like this that knows what the difference is. Good news. We're going to talk with uh, Barry Markson, <clears throat> KTR News legal analyst. Okay. In, the, at, in about uh, ten minutes. I'm I'm right. I wrote that down. Some you like middles, how I planned that? Hey, pa- Pablo, 10 minutes, Barry. Good. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. Submittals to charges. I want to I want to write that down and find out what the difference is. But then I also want I want to ask him about the liability of the parents in the same way that we had that the, the parents in Michigan. Right. The mother was found guilty of um, mm-hmm. well, involuntary manslaughter was her charge, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. But it was of all the victims. So I think she's going to do some time. I don't think this is going to be a an ankle monitor and a check-in with a parole officer. I think she's doing time it for that. Involuntary manslaughter. I looked it up a little bit yesterday. I'm trying to remember. It was like the the sentencing guidelines were typically, it was like 10 to 18 months. But then there were, they didn't call them aggravating factors. But it was things like, uh, have you used a car? Um, things was like there that. Was a fire that could tack on more was time. A, that it could okay. be as much as eight years. But I was getting the sense that that mom in Michigan likely was going to do between 10 months and a few years behind bars. Enhancements? Is that what they call those? I believe you are correct. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then is, it gonna con- is she going to have to serve them concurrently or consecutively and all that crap? Because yeah, there were four charges, I believe. I think that's correct. Yep. Anyway, it sounds like she's going to do a year or so a year to At two least, or three, most right? Likely. Okay. All right. So
So I'm wondering, we saw, we've seen the violence that's taken place there in Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And we kicked it around with uh, Bruce St. James and, and Gatos yesterday during our, our uh, conversation with them uh, leading into their show, Outspoken, which starts at 4. And we talked about how much liability do they have and what would it take. In fact, I think you used the example... Do you have to give them brass knuckles and say, have a good night, honey? And, Was and that drive them out right. there. I said, yeah, if, if you, you know, does it take, you know, to to ring up a parent, do they have to supply the weapon and drive the kid to the scene? Is that and have knowledge that they knew something bad was going to happen. Because right? I mean, that's how I felt about that mom in Michigan was she knew her kid was having issues. Yeah. And she obviously her and her husband had purchased the gun for their son gave it to him knowing he had issues and then he you know went and shot people later on so it was it a lot wasn't of just one thing yeah but what are we going to be looking at here in gilbert and i i think a lot of people you know they 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 talk about that queen creek case and how this is the first murder that's been investigated out in queen creek and there's a couple things there too of the Queen Creek Police Department is fairly new. There have been murders out in that area before, but they used to fall under, I'm assuming, what, the Maricopa Maricopa County County, Sheriff's Office. So, but for the Queen Creek Police, the first one out there. I think part of Queen Creek is technically in Pinal County, too, so. And and also, um, I believe what was submitted to Rachel Mitchell's office so far from Queen Creek, I think it was seven, it was seven um, seven people that Queen Creek su- uh, submitted for charges. Submitted, right. Uh-huh. And with that, though, it was a mixture of uh, children and adults. But people hear adults and they immediately seem to think like parents. The reality is, again, 18, 18, a senior 19, in high school. Yeah. yeah it yeah. is an adult. It doesn't mean that we might see mom and dad get hauled off here, but we could. We, we don't know. We want to find out from Barry. Were there other attacks in Queen Creek that that uh, department would be investigating, or if we see other some middles, than the Preston Lord one, the Preston Lord is the one that comes to mind. That's obviously. a question for Ballin or Heidi or one of our fine reporters who we've sent out to cover these press conferences. I I haven't looked through the timeline. I've got it here and I can flip through it. Nah. but off the top of my head, I couldn't tell did you. Did you see the parents? Uh, Preston Lord's parents made a statement yesterday. I did. I did see that uh, KTAR had that up in the news uh, site yesterday. I was looking mm-hmm. at that and I thought. Uh, I, I got to tell you, my gut on that when I read what the parents had to say was these parents are far braver than I am. Yeah. They are they are so much better balanced. I would be absolutely at a loss to even maintain my stability. Like I would be fighting gravity at this point. And these guys have some higher level thought. I'll read this real quick here, and then I I, I want more of your thoughts as a parent, Chris. uh, After an initial meeting, the Maricopa County attorney continues to provide us with updates on her office's review of the case involving the death of our son, Preston Lord. The loss of our son is impossible to bear, and we understand that there is work to be done to achieve justice for Preston. We are exercising patience to ensure the best possible outcome and ask members of the community and the media to do the same. We are grateful for the outpouring of support and appreciate the upstanding individuals who have provided information to law enforcement. That's the part that I just think. These are some grownups. I mean, come on, you're a dad. I'm a dad. If you lost one of your kids to something like this, what's going through your head? Uh, I would 
I would want things to move as quickly as possible. And you'd probably be pretty emotionally charged, too. And you'd want to go out and either exert justice. Or you'd say, hey, why are you making arrests, right? If I'm being honest with you, Joe, yeah. I would go through a range of emotions. Uh-huh. There would be those moments where I'd be angry. I'd be angry not only at somebody took my child's life and took that child away from me, I'd be angry at the cops for not having made an arrest at this point. Mm-hmm. Then there would be a side where I've, I've been able to breathe a little bit, and I'd calm down, and I would think, okay, you know what? I want to make sure, one, they get the right person, and two, that they've got enough evidence to be able to lock them up and pave as long a time behind bars as possible. Like, the logical side would kick in. And I, and I think you go through these different stages of grief where you're going, um, you know, you're negotiating in your own mind what will give me satisfaction? And maybe they've been, maybe it's been a few months now and they're at that point where they can process it a little bit. But I'm just so impressed at the fact that they're calling for patience because I think that would be the hardest thing of all for me to be calling for is, is patience at this time. I'm just so impressed by their ability to do so. I have zero inside sources out there in, in this investigation, what's going on there. But my gut tells me that maybe these parents know something that we don't. Maybe Obviously, they're talking to oh, that investigators. Could be. Yeah, that maybe that could they be. have said, like, hey, it's going to be this person, this person, this person who we're targeting, but, you know, we just need time. So maybe there. maybe they have a kind of an idea of what a timeline might look like. Oh, that's possible, too. That's a good point. All right, just like that uh, parent that got charged in Michigan, is it possible the cold steel lands on the wrists of some East Valley Goonie parents? We're going to check in uh, with one of the Valley's top legal analysts. That's next on KTAR News. Here's Becky Lynn with the top story right now. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. It's not just us. Remember, another new program on KTAR Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos from 4 o'clock until 7. You can watch and listen. Uh, KTAR News app, KTAR.com. Watch and listen, Joe. So, so that we got that going for us. Sure do. The There was the mother that was charged in Michigan after her son went on the shooting spree at Oxford High School. She was charged with involuntary manslaughter and just found guilty. Uh, so I wondered if there was liability that could potentially befall some of the parents of these goonies in uh, the East Valley. Barry Markson is our legal analyst at KTAR, and I wanted to ask Barry if there's a shot. Is there a chance that we see uh, the parents being charged with something? It's a it's a slim chance. Uh, it, there's there's not a speci- there's, there's no law uh, against or there's no law that says a parent can be held criminally liable for their child's actions. They can be held civilly liable for their child's actions. They can be forced to pay money. Uh, you know, if your if your son or daughter goes and grabs a, a spray pa- uh, some spray paint and puts some graffiti on somebody else's property, uh, the parents can be held responsible. Uh, financially to fix that but from a criminal standpoint oh. it's much more difficult so talk to uh, me then about the, the from the civil standpoint then what kind of penalties could somebody be be looking at for uh for a parent i mean they sue the parent they said the parent should have made sure their their under 18 year old uh, was in before 10 p.m or was not at a, a party drinking or i mean how do they show that case and then what kind of a civil liability would they be looking at yeah, it, it'd be it, it, the the potential damages are capped in Arizona at relatively modest numbers. But again, it would depend on the circumstance. So if you're talking about, let's say, parents have a bunch of alcohol at their house and know their child's going to invite friends over and they're supplying the booze, and somebody gets hurt while they're doing that, then the parents can be held civilly liable for uh, providing that alcohol and for their negligence. The question 
uh, you were originally asking is, can they be held criminally liable? Can they be, can what the, what the kid did uh, criminally uh, hold the parents? And the, the answer is generally no. I mean, the United States the Constitution, you can't be held criminally liable for somebody else's actions. What happened in Michigan is uh, the mom was found to be uh, involuntary manslaughter on her own uh, because she was, uh, they found her in essence to be aware that the son had a gun, that he was doing things that could lead to potential violence, that all the signs were there. And she failed to take any steps to address that. Uh, she was the, she was at the school that day, for example, when they brought her in and that she knew the son had a gun and she never went to say, where's the gun? Uh, let me look in his bag and make sure it's not there. It's that sort of thing that got her criminally in, in, in trouble. But that's very rare. In Arizona, we've never seen something like that. So for the Gilbert Goons, uh, if the parents bought the brass knuckles, uh, if the parents were aware that the kids were going out and beating up other kids, if parents are found that they saw one of the videos, for example, of what their kids were doing and then didn't do anything about it, didn't remove the brass knuckles, didn't didn't take steps uh, to protect the public, then potentially they could be fined criminally liable. But it'd be, it'd be a very difficult case to prove. Talking with KTAR News legal analyst Barry Markson about the Gilbert Goons case, the you know the latest on the investigation, and so some potential questions that we you know that we've just had kicking around here between Chris and myself. And Barry, one of them is uh, the Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell. She has says that she has this report that's eighteen hundred pages long and includes two thousand pieces of evidence, six hundred videos here, and. You add that with the fact that we saw the Lords come out yesterday and make a statement about their son's murder investigation. And essentially, they they wanted the media and others out there to stand down a little bit and say that they understand that things like this take time. Have you seen an investigation that has 1800 pages that has 600 videos like how long would you expect before we start to see some definitive names tied to this case um any kind of time frame or timeline well i i would expect it would take months to go through all that and and what you have to understand is you know normally a police department if the phoenix police department had investigated this they have the manpower. They wouldn't have just, in essence, dropped all this on the, the county attorney's doorstep and said, here, you do it. That's kind of what happened here. And I'm, I'm not blaming Queen Creek police. They don't have the manpower to handle it. But what you're asking the, the county attorney's office to do, and they don't really have investigative body like that. They're not a police department. But now their their investigators have to go out and interview people or re-interview. They have to go through all of those documents, all those 600 videos. They have to really understand the case, and that, it just takes time. And, and it isn't, again, they're not a giant metropolitan police force. They're a prosecutorial agency. So um, I, I appreciate uh, what the parents are saying here. I think what it actually shows is that Rachel Mitchell in the county attorney's office has done an incredible uh, good deed in, in communicating with the families in these cases, and in this case in particular, to make sure they understand what's going on, what they're doing, why it's taking this long. We should commend that. That's great. Um, and I think we just need to give the county attorney time to make sure justice is served. Everybody wants it to go fast. I understand that. But we don't want to accuse somebody unnecessarily or wrongfully. You want to make sure guilty people are put in prison. And I think the county attorney's office is working toward that goal. Hey, Barry Markson, our KTA, our legal analyst. One final thing, and I, and I guess this is more procedural, and, and I think you make great points here about the, the, the Queen Creek Police Department. We got a report that there have been a number of submittals to the county prosecutor. What is the difference between a submittal, which I suppose is a suggestion for a charging, versus a charge itself? What is the process like if, if Queen Creek says, listen, we think you, sh you should arrest these seven people, what does that process look like from the inside? 
Yeah, it's, it's the difference between the police department making an arrest and then submitting char- with their recommended charges to the prosecutor. The prosecutor always decides whether to formally charge or not. Uh, but here, the Queen Creek, they didn't even arrest anybody. They, they've done what I'm going to term an initial investigation. They've accumulated an awful lot of evidence, but they haven't gone through, and my guess is, haven't, in, haven't interviewed a whole ton of witnesses, haven't really uh, put the analysis on a lot of those videos to figure out who's who and who's where. Um, so this was... I'm going to call it a referral. It's almost they just went to the county attorney's office and said, look, there's something here. We're not entirely sure what it is, uh, but we think you should look at these seven people, and here's everything we have on it. And it's, again, I'm not faulting the Queen Creek Police Department. It's not a big police department, as I understand it. Uh, And this is a huge case. This isn't something they normally deal with. Um, but they, they did what they could do. They dropped it on the county attorney, and now the county attorney's office is taking it on themselves to make sure it's handled appropriately. All right, so when we hear them say uh, that they've uh, that there's a submittal, we should think of that as they've turned in their homework to the teacher, the teacher is looking it over and will then take action. Is that is that kind of how I'm getting this? Yeah, I, I think okay. it is. It's, it's like a referral, but not but nothing really more than that yet. The, the county attorney's office is going to make the decision about whether criminal charges are brought, whether arrests are made. KTAR News legal analyst Barry Marks, and thanks for joining us, Barry. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. If you missed it in the first hour, you can grab that in uh, our interview with Barry right after the show at KTAR.com. In a moment, you're going to have a better idea uh, whether or not your boss is an actual extraterrestrial. Alien employment and other big stories enter the arena for today's volley that is next on KTAR News. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. You also find us on the Twitter machine at Chris and Joe KTAR at Chris and Joe KTAR. I'm Chris Merrill. He is Joe Heisinga. We did a deep dive in the first hour into the Coyotes' future in Arizona, and then we talked about parental liability in the the case of the, the Gilbert Goons. So mm-hmm. uh, good stuff. I, I feel like that we're going to have up on the. Uh, podcast page a little bit later on at KTAR.com. How about first, though, we touch on the other big stories du jour, and we ask some of life's most important questions. This is The Volley. First up, is your boss an alien? Study finds reporting that 37% of people believe that extraterrestrials are already walking among us. Not are there is there life out there, but rather, is life already here? Joe, are you part of the one-third of Americans that say aliens are, in fact, here? No, but I, I do believe that they have been here. Okay. But, but I don't believe that, like, Pablo or Zandra or Becky Lynn. Don't use an, Pablo as an example. It's, okay, Pablo might be, but I, I am pretty confident. But Zandra's Zandra not. Is she not seems normal. Alien. Yeah. But wh- how about this one for you? I, I do believe that there could be. I mean, how many people we got out there? Like eight billion. Yeah. Yeah. I think there could be some people who are robots amongst us. Like, they don't sleep. Time out. Legitimately. Are you doing a bit right now, or is this legit? Like, one or two, I just see them. I'm like, that didn't seem like a human response to me. That felt a little robotic. There are some people who I think, like, yeah, I don't know. Somehow, like, you you lack a soul. You might be a robot. (laughs) Like, genuinely, do you think that people were created in somebody's garage and given a human skin? That they have some sort of... I don't know. I'm just giving you what I got, man. All right. You're just saying people are stiff sometimes. I'm, Do you mean actual, like, they have to plug in and recharge at night? Maybe. All right. Maybe he's talking like Terminator. Yeah. Okay. Look, Pablo, he's just he's talking on his keister now. Yeah, he is. 
Uh, I do believe that if the there's one or two here. out of eight billion, they would be like they would be Japanese love robots. That would be it. Mm, maybe. Okay, you believe that they are here? Yeah, but I don't Hold believe on. my bosses. I don't believe my. I've encountered them, or I don't believe I have a, ever had a boss that was one ever. Isn't that funny? He says that now because he knows the boss is going to check the podcast after uh, we're done. Boss, the worst. Yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. That, by the way, I was reading the headline. I'm not saying it's your boss. Okay. Right. That, what else you got good. in the volley? Uh, big story here uh, out of Levine, their unofficial mayor. I didn't know cities had unofficial mayors, but but Levine. Do you know who their unofficial mayor is, Chris? Uh, is it like a hot dog or a, or is it somebody's squirrel or something? I'm going to introduce you to him right now. Okay. Uh, Levine's unofficial mayor. His name is Phil the Thong Man. Um, he wears them both on his feet and his derriere, and uh, that's all he wears. And um, what I want to know, stop. It, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to go down the the blue road here because I feel like that's uh, hokey, bad, small market morning radio sure. stuff. But no, when you no. say the thong man, and he yeah. wears them on his feet. Yep, and his like derriere thong sandals, and then he wears. He's, he's, Other thong. Well, like, he's, he, of course, uh, he's... Like served, Speedos or something on his correct. waist. Okay, uh, ne- and that's all he wears. Neon Speedos. The, okay. the photos I saw of him, he was shirtless. So, so the yeah. joke is that he's wearing thongs like a Speedos and then thongs like the sandals. He also themes them, too, based on what he's doing. He okay. said, like, if he's... If he's um, I can't. I forget the examples, but it was like if he's washing his car, that's always white. If he's watering his garden, that's yellow. There were like themes to what he was doing. Okay, all right. So what I want to know from you mm-hmm. is, if you were the unofficial mayor of a town, would you have a distinguishing trait, or what would your article of clothing be? Hmm. You're Chris, the unofficial <clears throat> mayor of. Yeah. A- and what 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 is Chris known for? That's a good point, actually. I, I think you would want to have some sort of a, a recognizable, identifiable brand, mm-hmm. right? A physical brand. Yeah, perhaps it would be like a gesture what or something. What would it be? Yeah, who, <sighs> who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably a hat. I a think hat. I, not like a. I don't think I would go with a bowler, or I don't think I would go with like a probably like a raccoon skin hat. Like you can be like Davy. No, Crockett? I'm not gonna go like, that far. You, probably like a, a ball cap of some sort that you would recognize. So like, oh, you see that guy? He's wearing his like a Bruce Arians who always had the Kangol. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pablo? I don't know. I don't know that I would look that good in it, but yeah, that's that's the vein I would go down. Mm-hmm. Similar ilk. I, I would want a hat, but like a samurai one or a sombrero. Ooh, okay. Samurai one. I really First want. of all, yeah. samurai. You're that's cultural appropriation. Why? I can't. You can't have a samurai hat. Not like the no. Real you're one. not allowed to have a samurai okay, hat. All right, then I would want a hat that racist. Those, uh, old, you know, the people back in the day that fought over there, the, the kind that they wore. The samurais. Yeah, that's when I would. That's cultural appropriation. No, here's what I here's what I'm feeling for Pablo. We're Pablo, gonna- if I walked down to sombrero, you'd be like, "What are you doing?" No, you, you would tell me I can't do that. I'd be like, compa. No, Pablo is going to be the first samurai who rocks a sombrero. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> 68 million Americans expected to place bets around the Super Bowl on Sunday. 70% of bettors that took a Taylor Swift prop bet say that Travis Kelsey is going to propose to her at the game. Do you buy it? Do I think that Travis is going to propose to Taylor? Yeah, because I, 70% of the people that took the bet say that he is. I'm sure the people who are taking the bet, the odds on it are probably big time in the plus, meaning that if you wager a dollar on it, you would get like five or six. In other words, not very high, opposed, not highly likely to happen. As opposed to the no, where it's like, oh, you bet a dollar and you win a dollar and ten cents. Yeah. That's why way more are betting the yes for it to happen. And no, I am not with them. I, I actually had this debate. 
debate with somebody in the office the other day, I said to them, like, I don't think hardly any ladies want that sort of thing. I don't think they want a wedding ring. I I don't think they want to get engaged in front of 50,000 people, especially with a TV audience of 68 million you're Taylor Swift and you can script this any way you want. And I hearkened back to John Cena. I believe this was scripted as much of it is when he was in WWE all the time. Yeah. He proposed to his then girlfriend, Nikki Bella at a WrestleMania and the whole thing just felt hokey. Anytime I see a guy get down on one knee at like a Suns game or a Cardinals game, I'm just like, dude, are you doing this for you or are you doing this for her? Because I don't think ladies like it. Pablo, are you feeling like he's he's walking, he's digging yeah. his own grave right I've now? I've actually witnessed this before, guys. I've seen this happen to me. And did um, she like it or hate yeah, it? Yeah, she liked it. She I, loved you, it. We all witnessed it. I was actually there. It was one of the Fiesta Bowls, Boise State versus Oklahoma. Yeah. I remember they did the uh-huh. Statue of Liberty, and the, the running back went and proposed to his girlfriend. He had the ring right there and everything. 50,000 people. She said yes. Wait, was that after the game? Before, it like, was after the game. Was that right after the game? Oh, okay. Yeah, they ran like a Statue of Liberty play or something, and then that, that did happen. But that was one instance. I There are times where I've seen women say no in public, and I am convinced it is because they're just like, all I wanted you to do was do this at dinner or at the Grand Canyon. All right, maybe that's a conversation that uh, Tay and Trav should have before the game then. Yes. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Do you want to do one more or do you want to break and get the boys in here? I think we should uh, get the guys from right. uh, from Outspoken in here. Get Bruce and Gato. In I here. like that. They're two guys. They've been watching out for the Valley for decades, and they are next. It's uh, Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos joins our program next. It's the Chris and Joe Show on KTAR News. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app, the Chris and Joe Show. And you find us on the Twitter machine, which uh, is a phrase I actually stole from one Bruce St. James who will join us here in a moment. Uh, Chris and Joe KTAR uh, on the X, formerly known as Twitter, which is still Twitter.com, but we call it X. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Chris and Joe KTAR. As I mentioned, the great Bruce St. James, the uh, super great uh, Larry Gatos, in fact, I call you guys both uh, great whites. You are sharks out of a cage uh, when the show Outspoken Rachel. begins. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of great whites. Great that sounds whites. racist. Great whites. Right. You are, <laughs> do you prefer Makos? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I want to be known as great whites. So we were talking about this uh, this mother in Michigan. Her son yeah. was the shooter at the Oxford High School, right? Yeah. And then yeah. she was just found guilty of manslaughter, basically because her and her husband decided, our son's having some difficulty. Let's give him a gun. That'll make everything better. And lo and behold, it did not. So bring that in because everything national is local, of course. You guys know that. So we thought, how culpable are the parents of these Gilbert goons? Are when we look at at, uh, at charges being brought against what is it twenty two arrests or something like that now, and we're obviously looking for charges in the Preston Lord murder case. How much do you think parents are going to share in any sort of liability? Not well, just accountability publicly, but liability. I, I'm not going to be a contrarian to be a contrarian, but I'm Go not. Ahead. I'm not really excited about the the Michigan ruling. Okay. Um, I think when you start criminalizing parenting decisions, you are uh, going down a slippery slope, if you will. And yeah. maybe Gilbert Goons is an example of. Okay, well, where does that end? Mm-hmm. Where is the? Uh, we can all agree. We think it's stupid to give a gun uh, to a 15-year-old who has mental problems. It's not against the law in Michigan. It's a, it's a bad parenting decision. The, the the news is full of people that make bad parenting decisions. We had the guy that left the 5-year-old in the car while he went in the bar the other day. Right. Parents.
humans make bad decisions. Is it criminal? And I think there's a, I think there's a, I, I've, I have a, a, a problem making that as a linear argument. What okay. this jury said was for for the first time they found this this mom guilty here because they said yeah. not just uh, did did they know that the son had uh, mental issues, but then and, they yeah. they supplied him with the gun, and that's why she was the first to be found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. Now. But I, I think it's a leap. And, and now, will it, with the Gilbert Goons, I, you're going to have to show me that parents were criminally negligent in some way, shape, or form. So, Raising words, bad kids doesn't make you a criminal parent. In other words, uh, listen, uh, you guys got a problem with somebody at school, I'm going to take you. You know he's going to be in and out. I'll drive you there so you can take him out. Right? And I'm going to hand you sudden, the brass knuckles. Now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. right, yeah. There's the line. What if a parent was, uh, knew that their kid killed Preston Lord and they didn't do anything about it? That's it's, another. It's but that's big, against the law. The right? question yeah. that we've kicked around is, is as a parent, there's moral <laughs> responsibility and legal responsibility. Yeah. I don't know if you're a parent, if you have to rat out or tell on your kid. I, I don't think you're legally required to rat anybody. Morally, of course, you should. But I think legally... Mm. Uh, you know, they were all... If you know, in some way, shape, or form, if the police come to interview and... And you lie. You, you lie they, about it, or you instruct your, your kid to lie. They and yeah. you destroy a computer. You destroyed evidence, yeah. Then you, you've That's obstructed a different justice, story, but I would not say. ratting somebody out isn't illegal. Yeah. Right, we'd like maybe you'd like for it to be in order to get to the bottom of things, and right. and I think we should publicly shame those people. But no, not illegal. But again, that gets back to: Are we going to criminalize bad parents? Are we criminalizing bad parenting decisions? Some of them which have led to death, but some of them just lead to inconveniences. I suppose that's why we leave it to a jury, right? Fair. We leave it to a jury of twelve peers, right? Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Bruce will try to sway them to his opinion. They'll say you're all wrong. We're not leaving here until you do it my way. I don't care how long it goes. So I've spoken with Bruce and Gatos coming up here at 4 o'clock. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, boys, have a great show. Take care. It's KTAR News.